How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, yo, welcome to Woo Nation Uncensored. I'm Mark Madden. I'm joined, as always, by the star of the show, the 16-time world champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair. And, Nate, we got some bad news to talk about today, and that's the passing of Scott Hall at, at age 63. Uh, complications after hip surgery, a blood clot, three heart attacks, just, just devastating news to those who knew him like both of us did. Yeah, it was horrible. We're way too young. Having been really sick, I know, uh, I thought when they said they were taking him off life support that that, that, that had implied he was getting better. So, um, terrible, terrible loss. Was looking forward to seeing him and Kevin at WrestleCon. So, you know, stuff like that scares me. And then I, you know, I'm, I, I I really feel bad for Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash adored me. I, I I don't know I don't know Scott's family that well. I met his brother one time, but I know Kevin. Uh, you know they were like real brothers, close of two people to me. No question, they were a match set uh, by any definition. Sean Waltman figures in there too, and uh, certainly the wrestling world mourning Scott. A bunch of tributes last night on WWE Raw. Uh, we're taping this on a Tuesday this week, and uh, Scott Hall will be missed by those who knew him. Let's take a look back at Scott's career, Rick, if we could. How do you rate him as a worker among big men? He's a legit six seven, but he could really move, couldn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's very good. You know, it it was it, it all depended on what mood he was in. But when he wanted to go, he could he could perform at a very high level. Well, I know you and he had a few matches, and I remember one time on Nitro, we were talking beforehand, and he said to me, visibly very excited, me and the Nate, national TV, what could be better? No, I enjoyed working with him. 
I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to nearly enough, but that, that's a whole other issue. But yeah, I loved working with him. He, he was a really good, a good performer. Now was the NWO invasion, the biggest angle in wrestling history at H. Uh, it's the only time WWE got knocked off its perch as the number one promotion. However, temporarily, I forget what the ratings advantage was for Nitro. I think it was yeah, 83 weeks like Eric's podcast, but, uh, was that the biggest angle ever, and what made it so good? I I, you know, I guess you'd have to look at that money draw and merchandise, and I mean, I don't know how you compare the biggest angle ever. Um, I got to be honest with you, I think the biggest angle ever was DX, which was the, to fight back against NWO, because with the DX, it just, you know, you throw Shawn Michaels in the mix and Hunter and the, Road Dog and Billy Gunn and um, China, that, that was, they were, were pretty big time too, but I, certainly at the NWO, you know, I had a huge role in, in the success of WCW. Well, DX, I agree, started the turnaround, I think. Yeah. For, for WWE to, to come back and take the top spot away from WCW. But I think the NWO invasion angle, I, I mean, I got to give credit to Vince versus Austin. That was incredible as well. That was... Oh. Unbelievable. The, great the angle, best. great feud. The, the yeah. best. Yeah, certainly, certainly right there. But I, I think what made the NWO work, Nate, was people really thought it was an invading army from WWE. They wanted to believe that it was an interpromotional thing. And I, I know WWE filed lawsuits to prove that that wasn't the case. And and uh, Scott and Kevin had to do a disclaimer on TV the night they powerbombed Eric through the stage. But uh, people really did believe that for a bit, didn't they? I don't know if they thought that. I, I just I just think it was, you know, it's something that had been done in Japan. That's where the idea was founded, I think, between uh, all Japan and New Japan. But it certainly, um, with two big main event stars like Scott and Kevin coming across, uh, it, was a, it was a big deal. Yeah, uh, certainly the New Japan angle, which I think was new leaders versus now leaders. That's, the, uh, that's what Eric Bischoff always cited. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think people wanted to believe it. I think the NWO invasion might be one of the last times that people suspended disbelief. Now, what was the attitude backstage in WCW, Rick, when the NWO took off? Because these were guys coming in like they were literally called the outsiders and they got pushed straight to the top and became the focal point of the promotion. What was, what was the talk backstage then? You know, I don't remember. I, 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 I you know, I, I, oh, I'm sure myself included, we were not, you know, to be pushed back on the back burner. Um, you know, I think that affected all of us, but, you know, it was kind of like at the end of my career anyway. I, I, I would, I had been, I had been kind of, uh, put on the back burner before they got there. So it didn't affect me as much as some of the other guys. And I, I think that, uh, I think the only weakness that NWO had was they added too many people to it. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think the brand split was a bad idea. First, yeah, they added absolutely. too many people. And then when they went to, to, to black and white versus red, I, I thought it just petered out from there. Yeah. that To me, they just kept the same original group, the four or five guys. God, I know how long they would have gone with it. You know, eventually bringing the whole color. I, I just thought it was a little terribly. Well, right. It wasn't the 11 horsemen. It was the four horsemen, correct? Yes. 
Now, uh, if Hogan doesn't join the NWO, does it work? Was th- was that the biggest part of it? Because uh, that was some major heel heat when that happened. Well, obviously, it was a big part of it. I I, I don't know whether it. Um, I'm tired of saying it. Oh, I thought they had Lionel momentum before Hulk did it. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Yeah, I've I've. I'm not sure that Hulk made or made or broke him up, but uh, or, or made him that way. Obviously, anything Hulk would do was, was big time. I didn't always understand me, but I don't. They were rolling along pretty good without him, so I don't know. Well, you know, the other the side of the coin of that is if Hulk had stayed good and, and been fighting against him, that would have been a hell of too, and built some people around him. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense for sure. And I think that's eventually what should have happened. I think Hulk should have turned good back out of it mm-hmm. and fought against the NWO. And then you go to some kind of conclusion. Yeah. There needed to be a conclusion. There never was. No. To me, there never was either. And that, of course, that just the mindset of the company and people having problems. And, you know, there was, just, there was a, lot of, a lot of individual politics, I think, that brought, brought everything down. You mentioned the merchandising before. I don't know if there's ever been a seller like the NWO shirt. It still sells. You still see it. Maybe some of Austin stuff, but boy, that was a heck of a heck of a marketing deal with that T-shirt. Oh, no doubt about it. Are you kidding me? I mean, I, I don't think it was 316 by any means, but it sold a lot of merchandise. Yeah, 316 had more varieties, but boy, that one basic NWO shirt with that with that that Stark logo was just tremendous. And I thought the NWO commercials. Remember the. The paid announcements they would do to get them over as a separate entity, I thought those were very good as well. Who did the voice? He was at your birthday party. That voice, Neil. Uh... Oh, Neil Pruitt. Yeah, he did the voice. Yeah, the, yes, the yeah. Fo- the, the following announcement. Yeah. That was great, wasn't it? Yeah, Neil was great. I'm a guy. What a great guy. There's a there's a name out of the past. Yeah, just a terrific guy, and like his voice added a lot of gravitas to that whole thing. Now. Uh, looking at Scott, was Scott's peak as a performer, Razor Ramon in WWE? That was certainly his breakthrough, wasn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. What yep. made that work? It was it was obviously a knockoff of Al Pacino and Scarface, but a very effective one. And yeah, I remember he did it great. I I don't know even I don't even know who came up with the idea, but it. I I was I was with Kurt Henning. We picked him up the day he started. In the WWE, we picked him up at the airport, and uh, I don't even know if he had that that uh, he had even, if he, if the creative had even uh, talked to him about that, but it certainly did take off. And uh, the, well, the, the vignettes and the interviews were great. He spoke like that. I mean, it was he, he pulled it off big time. Yeah, and I know uh, that he talked like that all the time when he prepared to do it. Like even outside the ring, he did the mang and the hey yeah. yo and all that stuff. He he really. Live the gimmick, and I, I got to go back a little bit too, Rick, because before he went to WWE, he played a character in WCW called the Diamond Stud. Yeah, it had a lot of the same mannerisms. Yeah, and that was managed by DDP. Yeah, but that 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 character wasn't nearly as effective as Razor Ramon. Oh no! Once you and, get the and, machine and, behind and, it, and plus the fact Scott wasn't nearly as experienced a performer uh, as a diamond as a Diamond Stud. So you got you got up there, you know, around Kurt and me and some other guys, and I mean, and you're put in a situation that's very competitive. You're you're forced to get better, and he did. 
Yeah, no question. By leaps and bounds. D- and he, Biasi, always, he always. DiBiase was there. Was there. Sean Rivera. I mean, you know, there's a lot of competition then. Well, not only the competition, Rick, but talk about that. Talk about the trickle down from just being around veteran guys like you were back when with Ray Stevens. How you just kind of learn stuff by being there, don't you? Just look through the curtain every night. More, the more you watch, the more you pick up, the more you get, more you have, you have in the in the mindset to choose from when you need it. You never stop learning. Now, and people uh, that think they people that think they have don't need to know anything are, are just they're fundamentally making a mistake that um you know, that doesn't lead to me. No question. You look at a lot of the rising stars today. You look at MJF and AEW, how how he's not copying Piper, but he's clearly taken him as such an influence, even even having never worked with them. Like and, and like I said last night on Raw, a lot of people referencing Scott. That that shows how much it gets passed down from generation exactly. to generation. Exactly. Uh it, it's funny because when Scott came into WCW, I know this better than most because I got deposed for literally eight or nine hours about it. WWE sued WCW for copyright infringement on the Razor Ramon character. And for that matter, the Diesel character with Kevin Nash, they said they were uh, doing the same characters. But if that's the case, why couldn't Al Pacino sue WWE for, for, for Razor doing Scarface? I mean, I'm not sure how many original ideas are left is my point, Rick. Everything comes from somewhere, doesn't it? Everything except the nature boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. You're the last of the originals. I would never... I would never say otherwise. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, it's um, um, yeah, every everything today is, which I think is great. I mean, everybody's still everybody that's that's well today and has done well. You know, most of them will acknowledge the people that that uh, that that attribute a lot of their success to. And I think that's great that the young guys will acknowledge people that they watch and enjoy to grow up on. Now, how much time did you spend with Scott outside the ring? I, I spent a lot. And, you know, even though he had his demons, which are well-documented, I thought he was just a great guy. He did favors for people. I got fired once by WCW. Him and Kev got me hired back after a brief hiatus. I mean, like I said, the guy had demons, but I thought he had a heart of gold. You know, I didn't hang around that much outside. I did at WWE, but it, he kind of did his own thing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm laughing now because I'm thinking, boy, he and Mongo were a tough duo, man. Yeah, they sure were. Yeah, I was going to see Mongo this weekend, but weather, weather in Chicago was bad. I had I had to skip that trip. So, um, but when I think of uh, Scott Hall and I think about Mongo, I think about they they, they ran about as hard as me and like a couple other guys I could name did. Different paths sometimes, but we ran hard. When Scott, I think about Scott, can stay up. Could stay all night, stay a little longer. <laughs> when I think about Scott Hall and Mongo McMichael, I think about <laughs> running in the other direction. <laughs> that was some dangerous tarp. Wow. Both, both to, great guys. He, he used to tell Scott Hall and Mongo, when I got more money than I got time, kid, let's go. <laughs> They'd leave after Nitro, we'd see him with Thunder three days later. <laughs> you know, Rick, I'm sure you have a, a vague idea. You know, Scott revered you. I mean, he thought you were just the, the greatest. I mean, he just, like I said, I've never seen him thrilled like a little kid the night he was scheduled to work you at WCW. That's how he felt about I, it. I, I, I can tell you, it was in Dayton, Ohio. 
That's how many times I got there. I can remember the night I was there. We had 20 minutes. I said, you're kidding. You're wrestling. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and the kid fit in. It was great. I mean, they were fun to work with. I like working with a kid, too. Walmart can work. Um, you know, it's just, I said, at that point in time, look, I just kind of put on the back burner so it didn't, didn't mean a lot, but it was, it was any time I had a chance to get in the ring and, you know, perform with those guys when I'm 10 years older than Scott. So that 10 years is a big difference in the business. Stay with that. How do you mean? Well, I'm, okay. So what, when, let's say when I was there, when I, when I went, to, when I got to WWE, I was already 40 years old. Okay. If you think about it, I mean, back then I was considered old. And then I ended up having my last match at 59. And here's Steve coming out of retirement. Probably not for a match, but I, he'll do something physical with the Kevin Owen. I'm really looking forward to that, but Steve's 57. Yeah, they want to write you off when you start when you turn 40. They don't want to write you off for sure when you turn 50. Yeah, but they kept coming back, didn't they? They did. They did. And, and all I, I'm lucky enough to stay healthy. I've had... Some health scares, big time, but I, I feel fortunate. I'm still healthy, and, uh, you know, I feel great, if you know, unfortunately. <laughs> well, uh, Scott Hall, RIP, uh, it's um, kind of cathartic for us to talk about him, I think, and he will definitely be missed now. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. One great comeback story in sports we've got to talk about real quick. Tom Brady's retirement lasted all of, I think, five or six weeks, and now he's going to be back with Tampa Bay. Great. Um, I know you love it. I love it, too. But the Bucs lost, like, three offensive linemen, I think two or three, already in free agency. And it worries me that he's not going to be coming back to the same team, although, I don't know, he always takes less money, and they always bring in better players. I was going to say, he, he told contract friendly that, you know, I'm watching the comparison this morning between their healing on the fire on uh, Rogers for taking all that money. I mean, come on, guys. It's football. These guys get killed. Get all the guaranteed money you can. And they're saying that because Giselle makes all this money, Tom takes less. I think Tom just takes less because certainly he's got to be, got to be very well to do just because he wants to play. He wants to have the best players available around him. Yeah, no, no question. The only thing with Aaron Rodgers is, well, they they juggled his numbers, so they actually are saving cap space for this yeah, exactly, year. Exactly. Yeah. They're they're kicking the can down the road. I just wonder how Devontae Adams feels though if he stays on the franchise tag, because no player wants to stay on the franchise tag. And I wonder if Rodgers' new deal kind of forces that to stay in place. That, that tag. That, that's the big issue. Let's say let go of the linebacker. 
Yeah. The, the Smith kid. So I don't know. Um, you know, once again, I, we, you and I are sitting on the outside, like the people that are reporting on it are sitting on the outside too. So I don't know the answer. For me, I just feel like football's better than Tom Brady's back in it. And no I've had it with it with it. If Brady and Rodgers had both walked away this year, to me, it would have been a big loss. Well, if you're me, a football me, fan. I, I, and I'm glad to see Brady back. Let me just play devil's advocate, though, Rick, and I'm hoping I'm wrong. The only reason I'm worried about Brady coming back is, as it was, he was the one guy who didn't stick around too long. Mm-hmm. He was the one guy who retired at the peak of his game, could have been MVP at 45. I just hope he can maintain that. I thought that was a very good look going out. Well, he didn't look. He didn't look like he lost a thing last year. And I don't think he'd come back every bit if he felt like he lost anything. He's, he's he doesn't. He hasn't lost any arm velocity. He's never been the most mobile guy in the world, but he's just the greatest. I just think if he, if it, it, I, the the thing of it is, if Tampa Bay doesn't have to win the Super Bowl, they just have to be very competitive, and they will be. You know that. Oh no, no question. You said something that really shows how how much you know about the game. Brady hasn't lost any arm velocity. Nothing. They all do. Nothing. They all do. Peyton Manning did. Ben yeah. did. Not he's him. lost no arm. That's amazing. How's Nothing. that happen at 45? Probably if he's never injured the right shoulder or, or had a bad elbow, uh, any type of ligament damage to his arm. Um, and it seems like he has whatever routine he's on, he stays strong and lean and fit. And, um, you know, he never, he, we, you knew coming out of college, he wasn't going to be a wide receiver. He's just, a, he's just so damn smart and makes the metal, the metal part of his game is so much better, I think, than anybody else's except uh, for maybe Rodgers. Nate, you should be a Monday Night Football. You're a great analyst. I know I should be. What the hell? I should be doing a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, one last thing about football. The Steelers signed Mitch Trubisky as a free agent, the former. Yeah, $14 million. Uh, yeah, over two years, uh, former number two pick overall. What do you think? Is that an educated gamble? Is it worth the risk? Did they sign him to be their starter? Uh, yeah, but only on a two-year deal. Like, he's going to, quote, unquote, compete with Mason Rudolph. But Trubisky's going to get the job. But I think what they want to do is there are all those quarterbacks coming out next year in the draft. Uh, there's supposedly as many as 10 first-round caliber quarterbacks coming out next year. So I think they want to get Trubisky to be their bridge guy till they draft one well, of those uh, quarterbacks. Here, here's my take on Trubisky. Anybody that's played for the Bears in the last 10 years, you cannot evaluate how good they are because they just haven't had a team. Well, and he, he got them to the playoffs twice. I think that's exactly. pretty good, twice that's, in four years. That's what I'm saying. So I sometimes these kids are evaluated you know, unfairly in my estimation because of the fact that they don't know, you don't know where they, uh, um, you, you, they've never played with an organization that's surrounded them with a lot of talent. Now, now the Bears are trading Cleo Mack, their best player. So I don't know what yeah, the Bears do. I don't get that, but the Chargers are lucky. Yeah. The, the way to win in this league, Nate, is you get, a good quarterback who's good right out of the draft and is on a rookie contract where you don't pay him that much. Exactly. That way you can you can build a team around him because you have cap space. Once you get to that superstar quarterback contract, unless you're Brady or Rodgers, a very, very top echelon guy, it really screws up your cap and there's no way to work around it. Oh, I'm, I know. I know. I know exactly what you mean. I love Justin Herbert. I thought when Ben got hurt in 2019, 
The Steelers should have tanked the season. They should have tanked to get Justin Herbert. They they screwed up. They went eight and eight when eight and eight didn't matter. Yeah, but he had, nobody knew Justin Herbert was going to be this good either. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this good, you're probably right, but they knew he'd be good. But here I am talking like I'm, I'm working my day job. Now, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Jeff Hardy, we knew this was going to happen. Yep. He's with AEW. No surprise. I've said AEW signs too many guys, and I stand by that. But you got to sign Jeff Hardy. There's only one Absolutely. Jeff Hardy. Absolutely. Jeff, Jeff's one of the elite guys in the history of our business. And he's been around a long time. He's just as good as he ever was. I agree. Just as good as he ever was. And very few guys can say that. You could say that back at Jeff's age, but very few can. Mm -hmm. No, Jeff, you know, every time he sustained, he's, he's had some horrible injuries, but he, by the grace of God, has been able to heal up and come back. And he never loses his figure, or never loses his uh, level of conditioning. His physique looks good. And he's just a very colorful individual. I think that. You know the fans love him. He sells a ton of merchandise, um, so I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just happy. I like you know I like the Hardy period, but I'm really happy to see Jeff back up around. Yeah, me too. I'm glad he's back on TV so quickly after leaving WWE. He had the no compete that kept him off, but WWE tried to you know make him the bad guy and him leaving. And you know they I think they, however intentionally misdiagnosed what was wrong with them. I'm just glad to see him up and running. Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jeff as I am Matt. So I, I look forward to, uh, I'll look forward to seeing them on TV. They can put Jeff Hardy and Matt on. And I like the stuff they're doing with, with, uh, Manny, uh, yep. Andrade as well with Matt. So. Well, that's the feud now, I guess, yeah. right? It's them against Andrade's group. That'll be hot. Yes. Very nice. Now, uh, we talked about this and, a hey, couple of weeks. And, 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 and some really good matches. Andrade, yep. a working fool, man. No question. Yeah, he could no work question. his ass off. One, one of the very best. The Hardys are two of the very best. It's going to be really something to see. And a couple of weeks back, Nate, we talked about this, but let's let's refresh the the memory of those uh, partaking today. Uh, do you like the Hardys as a tag team, or do you like using Jeff as a single? Within the context of what they have in AEW, what's the value there? Well, the luxury of Jeff, um, just because he. You know, been featured more as a single, I think, than Matt. Uh, I don't know why, but um, I think the value is that Jeff can go either way, and I and I he can be a championship reign, championship uh, championship contender in a in a championship contention match or or contender for the championship, and he and Matt can be a great tag team. I mean, they have a luxury both with it. With it. Jeff is a big plus and a huge sign for them. Yeah, my instinct is I would go with the Hardys as a tag initially and then, you know, pull Jeff out for, like you said, big-time singles matches. But I might go with the Hardys initially as a tag team. Yeah. But, you, know, it you can't matter. go wrong, can you? I, I, yeah, you can't go wrong with Jeff. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's so many things you can do with him. And, and Jeff can't get enough TV. I mean, and he'll be selling a ton of merchandise for him. Now, let's say they go with the Hardys as a tag team, because obviously that's going to happen, you know, whether regularly, right away, later on, sporadically. It's going to happen. Who would you like to see the Hardys have matches with down there? Because there's so many great possibilities. <clears throat> um, oh, God, I, I, 
I'm not flared up with all the guys' names, but I mean, they have a, a, a great match for those guys. Yeah, you um, see, that's, I'm glad you said that right off the bat. That's my, my instinct is that FTR yeah. and, and the Hardys, their styles would mesh perfectly. Yeah. I think the Hardys and Young Bucks would have a great match too. Yeah. And they have had it in Ring of Honor, but their styles are, are similar. That's not bad, but they're similar. I just think FTR with, with, with the context of the Hardys, the way they work would be awesome. Yeah, I like, I like the, the guys that are, are strong underground and just as well as, Guys that could work and fly like Jeff or Matt, but I, I think no, it, it, I, I like the word that Usos can do both, but the Usos are really, really strong on the mat as well. And like you, FTR, you, you bring up a good point. The Usos can do both, and I think that's what makes them elite as much as anybody. Yes, and they're now, big. Uh, yes, absolutely, and they have the connection with Roman. Just so much to like about that whole act. Now. AEW also signed William Regal. Uh, what's his value, Rick, as a non-wrestler? Obviously a great promo. Well, I didn't even know that he had gone, though. I saw him last week. Um, my first reaction is, what did Hunter say? <laughs> Good Lord. They were such close friends. I don't know. It, it caught me off guard, but I certainly am happy for Steve Regal. He's got a great promo, and he brings a lot of authenticity to the product. I mean, he just, he's an authentic guy. He's a man's man. The guys respect him. And the words that come out of his mouth, his promo last week was fantastic. Yeah, and then he apologized on Twitter because he went too long. That's being a real pro, isn't it? I wouldn't bother him. I would never apologize on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd I'd never apologize if I'm William Regal for talking because everybody wants to hear him talk. it, it It was really good. Now, uh, Regal's also a great teacher of wrestling. Has yes. a big role in that regard in 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 uh, in NXT, and he can verbalize it. He he makes teaching it accessible and easily understood. And and I think there's a strong value in that, especially with with the young guys for AEW. If if you go to him, he'll make it clear what what should happen. Exactly, and he probably can still do it. Oh no question. I, I'm not sure what his health status is, but physically, I I imagine he could still probably do it if he had to. It's a great guy. I think in short spurts, yeah, could. I know he had a few health problems. No, no, I, I don't. I don't mean wrestle the ring on on a show, but wrestle with the guys he's teaching. That that's what I meant too. Yeah, I yeah. think he could too. He had some health problems in 2018, but he says he's you know totally over those. So I think he's a great addition. Like I said, I will always have time to listen to him talk. Uh, what were what were his health issues in 2018? Uh, I not specific. I'm not oh. sure, but you know just. He referred to them on Twitter, and you know, uh, that's that's it, that's his business. But I, I, he says he's a hundred percent now. Now, now, in, in that vein, Rick, would you be a good teacher? Uh, you know, how many wrestlers have you had direct impact on? I think you probably would be. Well, I have a lot of impact on wrestlers that that you're familiar with. I mean, the guys I helped along the way. Um. I mean, you know, I you know, I, I basically was started with, with Ricky. And then I went from Ricky to a couple of different guys, and then Sting came along, and I had the privilege of working with him a lot when he was first starting, Luger. Um, um, I think in single matches, I, I was able to help Ricky Morton, who had just been a tag team guy most of his career. Um, no, I, I, 
first of all, if, if someone wants to learn, I can talk to anybody. It's the guys I think they know too much that I, I have a hard time working with, working with it, or even like, you know, I've, if I, I've said this before a thousand times, if I, somebody asks my advice and I give them my advice and they walk over to somebody there, their age group or somebody else that knows nothing about wrestling to ask their opinion, then they've lost me. Yeah. And, or, and or, no or, or they turn on the internet to have somebody that just, <laughs> that's what it is. But the internet, unfortunately, it, 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 it is brutal how much attention the guy, the guys and the girls pay <clears throat> to the internet and comments that are made. Well, that dates back to WCW. That's where it all started. When we started doing all the internet stuff there. Yeah. I mean, we, we had that audio show and, and the guys in charge paid attention to it, pretty, way too much attention yeah, to it. Yeah, pretty soon everybody's great or everybody's terrible. I mean, it's just, it's, and it's fans just reacting and fans, of course, they're going to interact. It's their right and it's their privilege. But that should never have a wrestler or put a wrestler or help them determine how successful he is in, 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 in what he's doing. But, but talk to Vince McMahon, talk to John Laurinaitis, talk to Tony Khan, go ask Arn Anderson. I mean, ask people that know, Tony Blanchard. I mean, there's a lot of guys around that, that are available that can give a good young wrestler some good advice. Who would you say is the best teacher of wrestling you've encountered? I, I have my idea, but you go. The best teacher of wrestling that I've ever encountered. Yep. Going back to when I started? Anytime. Anytime from, from then till now, Nate. Hmm. The best teacher. I can tell you who gave me a lot of advice was Nick Wagwinkle. I I believe that. I, I, I knew him briefly. He yeah. Um, just... Nick. Um, I don't know. Here's two ways to look at it. When I broke in, I needed Vern Guy and Lee Robinson to make me tough to understand what, what I was about to go through the next 50 years. If I hadn't been, a, if I hadn't been, had my ass kicked by them three or four times, more like 10 times, I would have never survived, um, the, the career that I've been involved in. You have to get the first part is here. That's not, that's so much, that's so much the case now because it's a different story. But. For me personally, if I hadn't had my ass handed to me and humbled to the nth degree, I don't think I would have made it to where I am today. So different ways of teaching you. You can learn by listening, learn by actions that you um, actually, you know, stuff you learn to bring. Oh, I'll tell you who else is a great teacher in wrestling. God, did Finley. Yep, that was my pick right there. Yep, did Finley with the girls. is just phenomenal. Fit is a really... He's got more patience than any man I live with. To sit there with the girls all day long and, re, I mean, and articulate, and the girls ask questions and he answers them. I mean, I've watched him. You know, Dave, Dave is great. Yeah, that that's my pick. Just everybody I've talked to, including yeah, Ashley, yeah, your daughter, yeah. Fit, Fit Finley. I mean, it, the it, job it, he's it, done it with took, the women. It took me a while to think of that. When I knew there was somebody I was missing, Dave Finley. Most, I've had two... I've had too many women, Nate, including your daughter, including Sasha. You know, when I've interviewed them, Natalia just say that Fit Finley is the reason that women's division grew so fast and became so good. I can believe that. I, he certainly had a lot to do with it. 
Now, uh, the card for WrestleMania continues to grow, and the match we haven't talked about yet is Edge versus AJ Styles. Mm -hmm. That's the second night in H, and I would not want to follow that match. That's going to be a classic. Yeah, how about Edge's interview last night? Jesus. The guy's on fire. Is it? He, Ed, Edge is at a better level right now. Both of them. Yeah. Oh, I know, but I meant AJ hasn't that, hasn't, AJ hasn't spoken since the concerto, has he? I don't think so, no. No, but I mean, AJ will come back, but I mean, that like hell of a match. Hell yeah. What? What? But they're, they're getting they're getting up a lot to follow because they're not to follow the Queen of Ronda for the first night. <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. Uh, They'll still be talking about that. <laughs> I think so, too. I think so as well. But Edge is an all-time great. We knew that already. But what a great comeback, Nate, from a neck injury at 48, which he is now after 10 years off. There aren't many better comeback stories, are there? Not really. Not that I could think of. What do you think made him decide to do it? Because I, I thought Adam was done. The way he talked, I knew the severity of his injury. I really thought he was done. I did too. I was one of the days that he told me that he he'd gotten cleared. I think I think he just fought and fought and fought and looked around. It's kind of like when I was sick. I must have asked fifty different doctors, "What can I do? What can I do?" Because everybody had a different opinion. And they finally found one and technology and and you know doctors have different opinions. And uh, you know I'm sure the first couple times out with Randy. He was questioning himself, but now that he's got his confidence and he's taking some big bumps, he, he feels good, and he even gotten better. His character is stronger. He's a great heel. Got his good heel. What separates Edge from the pack? And his word, custom-made clothes. <laughs> I recommended it. I recommended a tailor to. Well, that, that's the, that's one of your marks of excellence for a good yeah, deal, isn't that, it? How that, you dress? That, yeah, that jacket had last night was custom made, brother. Head and toe. <laughs> what makes him a great worker? What 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 separates him? He from can the do back? anything. Can do anything. Great talker. Great in the ring. Great appearance. Great facials. Excellent body. He doesn't he doesn't have a weakness. And he's bigger than you think, isn't he? Yes, he is. I mean, he's a long drink of water. He yeah. just. Yeah. He just, once he gets matched up in there against a guy he's bigger than, yeah. he, he almost looks intimidating. You don't think of that, but he is. Yeah, the only thing wrong with him is his Adidas. And, and I tried to tell him, but as long as you're a Maple Leaf, you're never going to go anywhere. <laughs> well, you're never going to win the Stanley Cup, that's for sure. <laughs> the only thing wrong with Edge is he's a, he's a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, well, that's... Like Christian. <laughs> that's a... That's across the baronage. That'll, te that'll teach you sacrifice and humility, I'll tell you that. I sure did. I sure will. Good Lord. <laughs> the only thing worse is being a Philadelphia Flyers fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you know how I feel. My, my assistant's a Flyers fan. <laughs> how, how, how old? How old is she? Yeah. My assistant? Yeah. 28. So she's never seen him win. Never seen him win. Yeah, have you ever seen a Flyers Grammy? I don't think so. <laughs> she doesn't want to answer. I don't blame her. Now, um, Vince McMahon did a uh, long interview on the Pat McAfee show, and Vince is going to personally induct Undertaker yeah. into the WWE Hall of Fame. That that seems appropriate, doesn't it? I I well, it's good. And now, um, um, 
thinking back, I was in Houston when he inducted Steve Austin. There's only a couple of guys that, um, in this business that get, uh, that mainline attention and Steve and, and, and Taker, that is, is equally as big a part of Vince's life and WWE's career as Steve. So I would, when he started, when Taker, cause I, when, when, um, Vince started going down Steve's resume at a box office and that, it was amazing. And, and, and just, he, Vince is able to articulate and do things that make everything just sound amazing. I'm sure that the introduction speech, you'll work on it. Half of it will, well, 90% of it will be from the heart. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't break down a little bit because Taker's meant that much to, to him. It meant that much to the business. It, he certainly means that much to me as a person. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, and Taker being now officially retired and going into the Hall of Fame, that really does signify the end of an era, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think that's where the emotional come from. I mean, for Taker, I, I, the man. An unparalleled era. Yes, exactly. I couldn't have put it better. Uh, now, I'm not sure Vince said a lot that was revelatory in his long-form interview with Pat, but I thought he came off good. He came off as a regular guy. Uh, should Vince do that more, Nate? Should he put himself out there in the public eye more? No. <laughs> Why not? Because he's Elvis Presley. Okay. Never did Johnny Carson once. Is that right? Wow. He's laid low. I mean, I think the more, I think the, the mystique of Vince, I get asked more times. I get asked more about what kind of guy Vince McMahon is than anybody else in the wrestling business. What well, kind what of guy, what, what's Vince like? I say he's the toughest son of a bitch to deal with in the world, but he's a great guy. He won't ask anything you do that he won't ask himself. The truth. But he's tough what? as shit to do business with. Well, that's part of what that, makes him him and, and that, makes that, that, that company that, that company. That's a compliment. Yep. That's a compliment. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, to not ask any more of you than he would do put himself through is the greatest compliment you can get. Now, as it stands now, Vince will not wrestle Pat McAfee, as had been reported. It's going to be Pat against Austin Theory, who is Vince's protege. Does that mean as much? I don't think it does, but do you think Vince is going to get involved at some point? Absolutely. What do you think he'll do? He did the gym right now training by prediction. He'll come out looking like he's a, with a body of a 25-year-old man, like he does. He'll do something. He, he, he doesn't do these podcasts and stuff like this without so much kind of a master plan. He's not just going to be the guy. He'll be, he'll be on TV, and I'll, I'll be looking forward to that, too. I text Pat, uh, he goes, he goes, you get a text from the great Rick Flair, that means a lot. I said, brother, you, you eat better than, than 50% of the guys on the show right now. In terms of energy, and, and he, he was so damn good with that kid the other night when he was kicking that kick in Harry's ass, and not Harry's foot. Yeah, foot-out. yeah, not, he, looked, he, he, looked, he looked like he'd been in the business for 20 years, jumping on the table and punches. And, I mean, he was, he was great. I texted him, brother, that's the most energy I've seen out of anybody in a long, long time. It looked, I mean, that, that was damn good. That was as good as the thing with Ashley and Rodman the night before, or well, last Friday, or two Fridays ago, when Ashley jumped her in the garage. 
that 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 to that to me is what makes an angle when, it, when people really get after it. You know what I mean? I oh mean, yeah. If you, if you, they've got to believe they're going to see war, and they, and believe me, it's going to be a war with Ashley and Ron. I, I'm convinced it's going to be just fabulous. And I no think, and I, and I think what I think the theory has got his hands full of bad back of me. I think theory is over the two. Well, I don't, I, I don't think Pat's intimidated by him at all. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I don't think Pat's intimidated by much. I mean, you saw him as a punter, how he would yeah. make a lot of crushing tackles when he was the last yeah. man. And I've known Pat Rick since he was a kid. Yeah. Let me tell you, mm -hmm. Pat didn't dream of playing football as a kid. Mm -hmm. That wasn't his goal. He didn't dream of punting in the NFL. He dreamed of this. He has waited for this moment. And, you know, WrestleMania, whatever he has, he's going to put on the table. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. He's great. I told you when I watched the NXT, I was amazed what he was able to do. Well, and like I said, I think he'll pull out all the stops for this. Hey, Marco. Yep. Next week, uh, Evil Eras. You ever seen the previews of Evil? No. Uh, the, the, the WWE series on the best on the on the on the bat on the best bad guys of all time. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, you're in it, right? Obviously. Oh yeah. Does this signify a thawing of the uh, of the relationship, or? Oh, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I've seen mine. <laughs> we'll see what everybody else has got. <laughs> well, uh, I wish I could play a clip of it on the podcast. <laughs> well, how is that a series or is it one show or what? It's what one show. The all, they, they all drop the twenty fourth. I think was it is it six or eight of this. Okay, so it's it's a it's a series that that is you it, can binge watch. You can binge watch. It, yes, out at one time. Well, I, I would assume that you're the most evil of them all. Well, I've seen my some of my shit. If they can follow that, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title transference aired October twenty seventh, two thousand four. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. <laughs> when you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up. What would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that. It was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments whoop, they're out of here? No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at savewithconrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans, buddy, where is that going? 
What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate, but if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all. Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at savewithconrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at conradreviews.com. You'll see there, we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's savewithconrad.com. Now, uh, as we talked about earlier, Nate, Steve Austin is going to be at WrestleMania and in the ring with Kevin Owens Mm -hmm. on the Kevin Owens show or whatever. Owens Owens cut a hell of a promo last night. Sure did, sure did. And and he's built it up perfectly. Yeah. And I like Steve's thing that he sent in. But isn't it a bit predictable? I mean, don't we know what's gonna happen? Uh, I I don't know what you know, if, I'm sure you and I think it's predictable, but for the fans out there, it's the fact that Steve's gonna be on the show and gonna hear that sound of you know breaking glass and everything. I, and I'm I'm one of Austin's biggest fans. Oh oh no, me too. And and predictable can be good. Yeah, I don't have a problem with predictable in this case, but he's gonna he's gonna stun Owens, drink some beers, and celebrate with the crowd. That's what he's gonna do, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we know. I, I I don't know what they're gonna do, but I I would assume that he'll be drinking some beer. And if he is, I hope I'm invited. Yeah, no kidding, me too. Yeah, uh, but he uh, are are you surprised? You see, I am not surprised he's not doing a match. I don't think Steve's ever gonna do another match. I I just don't think he wants to. Well, I don't know that it's not a question. I think I think he wants to be out of shadow of a doubt. It's it's a, it's a health issue. I mean, if he can wrestle, if you, I people forget he retired at th- age thirty nine. Right. I mean, it was somebody. I, and I did that. He made me aware of that a couple of years ago. About thirty nine. God, how much was left on the table for Steve Austin? And look at after all these years, he's so revered. What what else? What, what more can you say? Well, maybe that's part of it. Maybe, you know, he left them wanting more. I mean, clearly, you know, if it wasn't for the injury, he would have, like you said, gone a lot longer. But, uh, but again, uh, there's pros and cons either way. I'm kind of vacillating either way. I'd love to see him do another match, but I understand the value and not. And like you said, the health reasons. Yeah. I mean, I, I I haven't talked to him, so I don't, I don't want to, you know, say anything that's not accurate. But I assume that, um, I would assume that Steve Austin could wrestle. He, he totally looks like, I mean, Steve, Steve stays in good shape. Physically, he looks like a million bucks. But I assume if he could wrestle, he'd be wrestling full-time. Do they still need John Cena at Mania? Do they need one more boost? No. Think they're fine the way it is? Yep. I mean, I, I'd love to see John, but I don't think they need it, no. 
Well, I think they have two great main events, and I think that's the the sum and substance of WrestleMania. I mean, yeah. Mage, this sounds very old school. Well, John, wanna... John is so wrapped up in Hollywood now and doing, and doing so well. I mean, he's in South America right now for a couple months. So, you know, that's a big, a big sacrifice and a big, you know, a big commitment when you start doing an acting full time. So I, I don't know that John, uh, you know, if I asked John how he felt after his last match, and you take all that time off, it's hard to get yourself back in the kind of shape that you want to be in to be who you've been. You know, that's my problem. I could never get myself back to where I was. I just, even against Sean, people thought that was a hell of a match, but it was Sean Michaels carrying me. I mean, I can't, I know I've said it to you before, but if I had the same feeling when I got done after the match, it could have been 10 times better. But anyway. I, I think you underestimate your role in, in that and indeed in the latter part of your career, but I, but I do get it. And you've often said there's a difference between being in shape and being in ring shape. It's, exactly. it's vastly, Ab vastly ab different. Absolutely. What are the differences? The pace, muting all the cardio in the world. It's not like getting, it's not like getting in a ring in front of 50,000 people and, uh, you know, nervous and sweating and, you know, I mean, when I knew when I, when I was at the top of my game, I didn't think about anything. I was worried and, but once you've had any kind of a self-confidence issue, it's very difficult to swing that back around. And I just, I did that. I, I had at a young age and it came away, the came and it went away, then I got it back again. And for various reasons, I just never, ever got back on my feet. I mean, well, was, I if I'd started the match with Taker in 2018 at WrestleMania 18, if I'd started the match, like I ended it, it would have been 10 times better. Well, I, I thought that was great. I thought the HBK match was great. And uh, I think WrestleMania is going to be great, like like we've been saying. Oh, I do too. A, a legendary main event on each night. But but I, I, I do want to ask you one more question. We've touched on this. Uh -huh. We've talked about the pros and cons of WrestleMania being two nights and not one. And you brought up a compelling argument that, you know, you want to get everybody on the show and it sells out both nights and the fans want it. But somebody who works in wrestling said to me recently, they don't have two Super Bowls. And that kind of resonated. I get where that's coming from. Yeah, but where, whereas the Super Bowl was, what, four hours long or four and a half, WrestleMania in New York was until one thirty to one fifteen in the morning. So when you, when you have that many people on the card, I, I don't know. I guess this, we'll see how Donald goes, but I, for, for me, it's just two, two days, which I love. The more wrestling, the better for me. I don't disagree. I just think I mean, there but are... that, 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 unless you're it's a, so it's a die-hard basketball fan that you're die watching that. I mean, to me, I I I think two days of wrestling is great, and I um and and it and if it gives more kids an opportunity to say that they were at WrestleMania, which is a big big deal, because there's so many football players that say have never been to the Super Bowl. Right? Think about it. Right? Never been. And they make all this money, but never the Super Bowl. To say they've been at a WrestleMania, I mean, I tell Asher all the time, this is like, this is so damn big to be made of many WrestleMania. I never did. Never. I was a co-main event, and I I think they would have put me and Sean on last, and I had to ask that in Orlando, but 
I always think the title should be last. Um, so when my career is considered great or good or whatever, I, I never rate a better WrestleMania. I rate a better 10 star games, which doesn't mean anything compared to WrestleMania. I mean, in my mind, it does, but it's not the same. Yeah, in my mind, it does too. And that's one thing that, that I'm sad has been maybe not lost, but been obscured is the, is the legacy of star cake. Cause that was our WrestleMania. And it was, it was. At, the, at the time it was just as big. And I, I don't say that. Oh, at the time, well, at the time just it was. As big. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There had some really great wrestlers participated in it. So. Now Cody Rhodes has not yet signed with WWE. Do you expect him to show up at WrestleMania? What, what seems to be going on there? I can't get a read. I, I, I have no idea either. He has not signed with him for sure. For sure has not, at least not been announced, certainly. Huh. I have no idea. I I could ask, but I just, you know, kind of, I'm not, I, 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 you know, we t- chatted via text when I heard that he left, but I, I have not asked him lately what's going on. I'll just wait to be surprised. He's in a good place. He and Brandy are very happy. They got a baby. You know, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's okay financially. That, that's what matters. He'll make the right decision. Oh, no, I'm sure he will. But, like, I just, and maybe this is the cynic in me or maybe the realist. When you leave one, you have to have a landing spot with the other or you wouldn't leave the one. Now, maybe he would. Maybe he's happy. Maybe he's going to be a stay-home dad for a long time. But I just can't believe something wasn't prearranged that that exists now and we don't know about. And it would not shock me at all if he showed up at Manny. Wouldn't shock me either. It would be great. Maybe they'll shoot him right into an angle which is a great way to get a guy started because he certainly doesn't need miscellaneous TD time. No, they know who he is, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Whenever I think about Cody, I always think what Dusty would do. Yeah. And Dusty, you know, leaving AEW after creating it, that's something he would do. And showing up at Mania is something he would do. Yeah. It it reeks of Dusty. Yep. Well, think of it as what I like to hear is Dusty Davis still being mentioned. No question. No question. And yep. it always will be. Yep. Now, Nate, we talk a lot about FTR, the tag team on this show, and I'm a big fan, and so are you. And they announced recently they're doing a tour of indie shows this summer, doing matches, and so are the Hardy Boys. It goes to show that guys want to work, doesn't it? And maybe there's not enough TV time anywhere with any promotion. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I, you know, I just hope, you know, that. I hope that when those guys do this, they understand, because I don't know what their contractual commitment is, but anytime there's a problem, um, you know, I worry about the guys getting hurt running the independent shows. Especially. No, I, I, I would too, but but I see their point because, and, and don't get me wrong, these guys haven't told me that. I'm just yeah telling you how I would feel. But I think they don't think they're working enough. I think they think they're not on TV enough. I think they think they're not featured enough, and they're going out there to practice their craft. I don't know those. I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But certainly, the Hardy Boys are featured are going to be featured a lot right yes. now. Yes. Yes. But by the same token, they can get out there and sell it. And, and Nate, let me tell you, these guys are getting big paydays on these shows. So I I can see it from that point of view as well. Yeah, I absolutely right. So I, I don't, I don't know, but I, when you're as good as those guys are, you don't need to go out and practice with independent shows. I don't I, know if they're I, practicing. I, I wouldn't. Well, it's to stay in shape. 
I think they're doing it because they want to wrestle teams they haven't wrestled. Like they're they're wrestling the American Wolves, who used to be big in in Impact. They're they're I, I can see. Put it this way: I think I'd probably do it. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I I'd have to. I hope they're getting paid a lot of money. I think they probably are. Uh, if they're getting paid a lot of money, then I'm all for it. But to step away from a uh, major promotion and go work on an indie show—that that's going backwards to me. You you would uh, you, you would you wouldn't see Taker do it. You wouldn't see uh, Austin doing it. You wouldn't see me doing it. Yeah, but the thing is, Nate, again, uh, playing their advocate, you guys were on TV every week in a featured role. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. guys didn't have that hunger, perhaps. Whereas, like, again, I, I've said it many times. I'll say it again. AEW has too many guys. And y- you don't get featured there. Not all the time. I mean, you we, we've agreed. You can't be a star when you're rotated off TV. And these guys are being rotated off TV. All of them are. Yeah, I don't know the answer, Mark. I don't. I just don't think I would. If I if I wanted to be a featured guy in AEW, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put myself into an independent situation, unless the money was really right. Now Tully Blanchard is no longer managing uh, FTW and and appar- FTR rather, and apparently isn't with AEW anymore. Did that surprise you? I didn't know about it. What happened? They fired him on TV, but I don't know the genesis of it. If it's beyond an angle, if he's not there anymore, but. Uh, there's a rumor that Bret Hart may start managing FTR. Oh, really? I did not know that. I was well bad. Again, we're just in the rumor stages here, but heck, well, that's I didn't know Tully got fired. I just I didn't know that. Well, again, he got fired on air. Whether that means he's no longer with the company, I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, to be honest, but but there's a rumor Bret Hart may be coming in. I love that for Brett. He'll love it. Well, when those guys idolize Brett, that's their guy. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they would love that a great deal. Yeah, yeah. I love him for Brett. He can finally get across the border. I'll see him at WrestleCon. <laughs> no, actually, he texted me the other day to finally get across the border. So I'll see him at WrestleCon. I always like seeing Brett and Stephanie. You, you know what I miss about Brett when, when we used to work together? I would sit down with Brett before shows, and we would talk about hockey for hours. Yeah. What would he don't want hogs with the Calgary Flames? Let, 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 me, let me tell you, all due respect to you and also me, he's one of the most knowledgeable hockey people I've ever talked with. Of, of the Calgary Flames? Of Flames? Flames? No, of, 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 well, listen, listen to who's talking. You think Bob Probert's the greatest player ever? I do. My, my, my God. I do. <laughs> Every, but I know Bobby Hall, too, so I understand Makita. I know Phyllis Bazzino. I met Bobby Orr. So I bet a few. Oh, no, I, I, no. I know you're your old Mario. No one's questioning your knowledge, but Bret Hart, man, he 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 knows what's up with hockey. And I know it pleased him a great deal. That junior A team that was named after him, the Calgary Hitmen, I'm not sure they still are, but that was a big deal to Brett. Well, that could, I mean, I'm, but anytime something like that happens, it's a big deal for you personally. But what place are the Flames in? The Flames, Flames. They're doing, they're doing really well. They're in first place in their division. Oh, they are. Well, then I apologize. Yeah. Uh, God, I'll have Canada kicking my ass out. <laughs> no, I just always get it. You know, me and Brett go back and forth. I got that one. I, I, I still think Brett Morton is more famous than Wayne Gretz in Canada. Uh, I don't know if he's more and famous. In his mind, he is. <laughs> well, in his mind, it's not close. In, in reality... <laughs> In reality, I think it's a close race. I, I think Brett, I mean, Brett is really a hero in Canada. I, I know that. Hey, I know that. And God, if you don't know it, he'll tell you. 
<laughs> well, that's true. The best that's there true. is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah, but that's that's what made Brett great, man. I know. There was such, there I know. Was such earnestness in the way he presented. I know. It. I did. He's a hell of a worker too. So uh, you're not you're not hearing me complain. I'm not knocking him on his routine. <laughs> no, you're you're knocking him for being a Flames fan. <laughs> no, I'm not. Not all. I'm looking forward to seeing the Russell Gunn. That's one now, good thing about wrestling guy to get to see all the guys. I love that. Oh, by the way, our, our crack producer, Steve Kaufman, who is the heart and soul of this broadcast, he just uh, he just uh, sent me a note. FTR worked 27 AEW matches in the entirety of 2021. 27 matches. Wow. I mean, that is such a paltry figure, isn't it? Yeah, it is for a really good team. It is. I, I don't, once again, without asking or talking to you, but I haven't been around those guys, so I don't know. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath Life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Now, uh, Tony Khan purchased ring of honor in their tape library. Uh, what, what does that mean? Nate? What does ring of honor mean in today's wrestling landscape? I don't, Mark, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Well, I mean, why, why is he buy it then? Does he do it for the tape library? That's, that's my suspicion because then he gets control of the, of a lot of the legacies, non WB legacies of like punk and Danielson and so forth. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But it, it, it's kind of like everybody says, now, if you knew that you could buy WCW for would have been pay $6 million for it. Right. Who would who wouldn't have who wouldn't have tried to buy it? The hell, I would have tried to buy it. 
Well, yeah, but Eric did try to buy it, and that was without the TV slots. They weren't going to give TV slots. I mean, I understand with the tape library, but I don't know if the value of that was really known back then because that was uh, – I don't that, know if that, it was that, that's why That's why Vince McMahon is who he is. He no question. Knew, he knew what the content was worth. Well, I don't know if, it, if that was pre-streaming or close, close to streaming. I don't know. All I know is that next on the 24th, I'll be streaming. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> well, there you go. That to look forward to. I, I wonder if Tony's going to keep it running as a separate promotion or just fold it up. I mean, he has a lot of talent that, like, like I just mentioned, FTR only wrestled 27 matches in 2021. That would give him a place to work, but to what end? I'm not sure what's gained by keeping Ring of Honor uh, going. You know, I don't know enough about it, Mark, and I'm, I've, I've said that to you several times in the show. I'm sorry, but I hate because I'm misquoted so many times. I'm reluctant to say, I don't know what. I haven't watched Ring of Honor in so long. I have, I have no idea. Well, it's worth noting that Ring of Honor, in some ways, made AEW possible. I mean, certainly Tony and his investment was the catalyst, but you look at the guys who came over. Cody, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page, those guys were all in Ring of Honor doing basically the same thing, the same style persona that they have now in AEW, and they just came to a new promotion and made better of it. Yeah, exactly, and, and are all doing very well. But that's just five guys. But well, that's right. That's it. You see, it's, it's very easy to say, to say that, but you'll, you'll just name five people. Now, uh, Nate, we've never talked about ECW, which was quite the sensation through much of the 90s. How much attention did you pay to ECW back then, which was Paul Heyman's baby, of course? None. Really? No. So maybe we don't need to talk about it. They can ask me. I'm aware of what was going on. I, I, I did watch... I watched Terry Funk and Mick Foley a couple of times. Right. Well, certainly it was a sensation. I mean, it was kind of an underground. Oh yeah, no, I know. I got it. Yeah, I got it. But I just, I just didn't. I, when I was working, I didn't watch much of the other product. Now, did did ECW push the envelope too much? Was there too much blood, too much violence, too much adult themes? Because you can say there was, and in a way, I did back then. But it inspired WWE, for example. Well, it did for a while, but, it, it, you know, as, as the world turns, you just have to, things have to tone down. I mean, Vincent product is, is much to, much more toned down than it was in the, in the 90s or even in the 80s. I mean, in the 80s, it was toned and it got got out there with, during the, the wars. And then, you know, as did WCW, now everything is uh, reeled back in because of the sensitivity of, you know, of brutality, blood, and everything else. Everybody's got a different take on it. But um, wrestling's wrestling, and no matter what it, what it says, people are still talking about it. Yeah, I think ECW did inspire the Attitude Era, but as you point out, the Attitude Era did not last forever. And I don't think we'll ever get wrestling back to that kind of product, do you? Well, it's not just a product, with the talent. I mean, it t- takes a lot of talent to pull that stuff off. I mean, like we were talking, Scott Hall, guys like Scott Hall don't grow on trees. They don't find them every day where a guy has a gimmick and he lives in and outside of the ring. They say it would be with Kevin. Um, you know, where do you, where do you find Shawn Michaels? Where do you find Triple H? Where do you find Walt with a road dog? I mean, those guys, where do you find China? Hell, where do you, where do you find Steve Austin? We're talking about Steve right now, and he hasn't wrestled in 20 years. 
And, and we'll never stop talking about it. Never, never stop talking about you either. Never, well, I hope not. But I mean, it's it just, that's what I'm saying. There was a, there was a time and there, and there are people that have been so good and so special what they've done that they're going to be around forever. Hopefully. Well, I, I hope so too. But, 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 but I'm referring more to the style of the product. Like that was an R-rated product. We will ever have R-rated wrestling again. If you're trying to attract uh, advertisers, I doubt it. And apparently advertisers will pay the bills. So oh, I, don't, more, I, don't, I don't think we'll see it again. More now than ever. The ticket sales don't matter that much anymore. No. The house shows, they barely exist. But, but uh, you see, I've always wondered why a, a, a cable network like a Showtime or an HBO or something like that hasn't had an adult-themed uh, wrestling product. They, like ECW... In that in that era, an HBO would have been a perfect match, for example. Mm-hmm. I I don't know the answer. I I've would heard you, that I, I've heard that Amazon is trying to put together something right now. That'd be they have the money to do something big. Wow, really? Ever, I have not heard that. You ever heard that? No, that'd be huge. Yeah, I just heard it the other day that they're looking, they're interested. But then again, I heard that. That means <laughs> please don't. Somebody out there say Rick Flair said Amazon's going to the business. I didn't say that. I well, heard that they're because they see the money that the WWE's making. And the, the thing with that though, Nate, is I don't know who's left to get to run it. I don't know who's left to get to produce it. I don't know who's left to get to wrestle in it. I mean, I think Amazon would be more likely to try to buy WWE. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody, well, I don't think Vince will surrender until he's ready to walk away. I, I think you're right, but, I mean, I hope he sticks around forever, but who uh, knows, right? Yeah, well, I hope he does, too. The, the won't be the same when he's not running. The, the business won't be the same for anybody. Now, let's look at a few performers at ECW, some of whom went on to bigger and better and some of whom didn't. Uh, we both worked with Raven in WCW. I thought he was a totally new, different character, the self-loathing grunge guy. What was your take on him? Oh, I like Raven. Personally, I didn't, I didn't like that gimmick. You know, I told him I, I didn't like it. But that's, to me, just sitting in the corner with just I, I didn't get it. Um, nothing against him personally, but I don't understand. I don't, see, I don't see how that draws money and how that creates any level of excitement. Was it different? Yes, but... You know, I, I'm excitement to me is Pat McAfee. It's Ashley and Ron in the internet. I mean, there's different things that it's Roman jumping on uh, on Brock. I mean, I like the, the action and the violence, and or the, uh, the, the 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 attempt at creating a violent situation. What about Sandman, the drinker and the smoker? It was like the the after show came to life. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of him? As a person, I liked him. I couldn't stand the gimmick of that. You know, here's a guy that's going to go wrestle, professional wrestling match, smoking a cigarette and getting in the ring. Uh, the Dudley boys got started in ECW, and they ended up in the WWE no, no, Hall of hey, Fame. No, he, he pulled it off, but the only guy I could ever think of that could have done that is Harley Race. <laughs> yeah, that, well. I'll be I right said, back. <laughs> It was the after show come to life. Uh, okay. What What about the Dudleys who started in ECW? Great. Love those it, kids. It, Love what do you them. like about them? I like their whole gimmick. They're great. Good kids, too. What did you like about the gimmick? Because it was, uh, 
I did, was I, and remains different. I did like the gimmick because it was different. Totally different. Uh, Nate, let's talk about one of your favorites, the very first ECW champion, Shane Douglas, the franchise. Yeah. The best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be. No, no, that's Bret Hart. Uh, <laughs> Sh Shane Douglas cut promos on you all the time in ECW, and you weren't even there. What was the point? What What was your take on that then? Because I know you heard about it. My take on it then is I probably told you that was to get to, to get some attention. Who's Shane Douglas? Who Who is he today? Can't argue that. I'm asking. You know real well who is he. Uh, I, I gotta be honest, Nate, I haven't heard from him in years. Nope, he, he has. Was, let's they do a shoot interview on somebody. <laughs> well, he, he was living in Vegas for a while. He tried to get a promotion started there. He was living in Pittsburgh. He was a school teacher for a while. As you know, he said at one time he was going to medical school, but that that never happened. So I have, I, have, I have no idea. I haven't kept up with him. Well, how did you two get along when you worked together in WCW? We got along okay. You know, I've never... Uh, you know, how do you, he's always got something smart to say, you know what I mean? I, I don't know that I, I, I've, you know, as I told you, I try not to think what and anything that was negative, but, um, you know, I, I just, I'm never going to think that he, he, he certainly won't, he, he certainly means nothing to me in terms of being, uh, uh, a talent. He never succeeded anywhere. And, uh, you know, he can say what he wants to say. I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think you'll see him in the Hall of Fame anywhere so anytime soon. Now, we've talked a lot about Terry Funk on, on the podcast already, but he did a lot for ECW. Yes, he did. credibility. I, yes. I thought his tenure there put them over the top. Absolutely. You can't say enough good about Terry. Absolutely. Now, were, you surprised, were you surprised he went there and did all the things he did? Not, not at all. Hell, he wanted to do that before when he was a world champion. They just wouldn't let him do it. <laughs> you mean the crazy stuff? Yeah, Ter Terry's always been very talented. I mean, he was crazy at WCW when he put that bag over my mouth and wanted to, we always got kicked off TV, remember? Oh, the plastic bag, yeah. yeah. You did, did you know he was going to do that? No. I bet that came as quite a pleasant surprise. Yeah, very pleasant. I had no idea. <laughs> but I wasn't surprised when I realized... <laughs> who I was dealing with. I, I, I underestimated him for a minute. Did, did Terry go too far with some of the extreme stuff for a man his age, not just in ECW, but, but in Japan too, with that, uh, Onita promotion. When it's all said and done for Terry Funk, you, 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 you can never say they did. We went too far or anything. He just wanted to be the best at whatever he did. And he, and he was. Well, and certainly he made he made those around him better. Like I said, if it wasn't for him, ECW, I don't think uh, reaches the peak it did. No, I, I don't think so either. And, 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 and I, I do, I will say this, Heyman is a very smart guy. I have a lot of respect for Paul Heyman. Paul, Paul, Paul did a really good job with him. I think Paul did a really good job with ECW. I think he made chicken salad out of chicken scratch. I, I don't think there was an overwhelming amount of talent there. But he had a lot of dedicated people, and he whipped them into a frenzy. He made the most of what he had, maybe more than any promotion ever. Is Shane Douglas chicken scratch? I'll leave that to you to, to dictate. You, you're the one that said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What about Taz? Taz is now an announcer with AEW. He did that in WWE as well. Uh -huh. But he was a big star in, in ECW. Not a big guy either, but boy, I always called him the 5.8 Andre the Giant. Yeah. No, Taz is a very talented guy. I, I like him very much personally. I never worked for him, but I, I, I do like him a lot. Uh, and I, I thought he was very talented. And he really did pull off that intimidating vibe for a guy yeah. who wasn't huge, didn't yeah. he? Yes, he sure did. I mean, the suplexes, the submissions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You, you could really see him coming. Uh, I remember when AEW, excuse me, when ECW invented WWE, and I thought it made ECW look really small time. Uh, and then Jerry Lawler feuded with ECW. I don't think any small promotion ever looks good in the context of WWE. They might think it helps. I, I don't think it does. I, I agree with you. Now, I actually was part of that a little bit. You know, that's, um, you know, I wanted to get at that point. I'm just thrilled to agree with anything. But um, it worked for a while. I, I don't know what, I, did, I can't tell you what the ratings were, but it worked for a while. Yeah, but it worked for a while for WWE. I don't know if ECW took anything good away no, from no, it. No, no, exactly. And we don't, not, none of us will ever know the financial arrangement either, so. Well, I, I think Paul, you know, came out of it with money, which is, you okay. know, what Paul does. Yeah. And, and deservedly so. But, but uh, you know what I, you know what rings in my mind talking about this, Nate? Do you remember when Cornette had Smokey Mott, right? Yes. I remember when Undertaker did one of his big shows. Yeah. Okay, came from WWE to one of his big shows. And, and no offense to whoever was on top then, whether it was Bob Armstrong or Tracy Smothers or whoever, but how do you go back to that after you've given him Undertaker? You don't. That's why they don't, that's why they just stay in business. Yeah. Yeah. I and, mean, and, it all... and the top of the court, that's a very smart guy. You know, don't, don't overestimate Jim Fournette. He's a very smart guy. And he's not afraid to say what he thinks, which I like, what I like about Jim the most. Well, like I said, I mean, Vince has never done business with another promotion where he didn't come out of it with the advantage. Is that fair to say? That's very fair to say. Nate, we talked about Terry Funk in ECW. What about Mick Foley? Oh. He was there for a br very brief yeah. time, and I thought his I thought his tenure there was marvelous, and again, lifted them up. That was a big catalyst for them. Yeah, yeah, I know, huge. I guess and I I got a lot of time for Mick Foley. We we really made the defenses. I I, I got respect for Mick. What the, did he did he go too far with the crazy stuff? Although I see him now, it looks like he's okay. Like you know, like I don't know. It always takes its toll. Look at you. I mean, I mean you. You wrestled 380 some matches one year, and you're still in one piece. It's one amazing year. how eight eight years. That, well, yeah, that's what I meant. In one year, eight times. No, I wrestled 380 matches a year or more, eight straight years. What's your career high? Did we ever establish that career high in one year? And no, I think it was like for almost 390. Wow. How and, do you survive that? And and and, and that was the year where I did about 200. And, our runways. How do you survive that? That's incredible. You drink. <laughs> how, how, how did Mick survive ECW and going through the cage at, at, in Pittsburgh? I mean, my God. I know. I mean, he did. I, he took offense to it. I said, you're lucky to be alive. And I, I think he took offense to it one time. This is years ago. I said, but I met after what he's put himself through. It was nothing to do with, you know, whatever. He took it wrong when he's. He, you know, he could be sensitive sometimes, but I, I used to watch the stuff he was doing. I mean, going off on the table was one thing, but the bulk that when he went through the barbed wire or went through the wire on top of the cage with Taker, 
and land on the back of his head. Jesus. Nate, before we wrap up, let's just take a quick look at the main events at WrestleMania. I think the build to Roman and Brock and the build to Charlotte and Ronda, I think they've been among the best builds in WrestleMania history. These are two main events that people really want to see, and I think we're going to get even more hot stuff between now and then. What say you? I, I, I totally believe it. I think it's been great. I think Brock has been great. Roman's on fire. Heyman's been pulling it off. His dead big time, and I think uh, right now Charlotte and Ronda are just in a in a special place and in a zone that uh, just gets better every week. And I'm really, a- I'm really looking forward to. I'm look, I'm so proud of her. I'm really looking forward to it. How much time would you give each of those matches, Nate? Uh, I mean, because less can be more, but I, I don't think that's the case, especially I, with I, Charlotte I, and Ronda. I, I would send Ronda and Charlotte to the ring knowing that they had no time. That's what it, do you mean? That they had as much time as they wanted. Oh, okay, just just go. Go. What about Brock and Roman? Same thing. Now, this is really a marquee thing to say, but who's going to win those matches? I mean, I, I mean by, by no time, I mean, they, they both deserve... Not not Cody Andrews, they both deserve 30 minutes, at least. Right, I think so, too. Uh, I of, think just, more. of just wrestling, not entrances and all that. But, I mean, they deserve 30 or 35 minutes, both of them. Oh, and I hope they get it. That's one of the reasons about it, that I think this two-night format helps, because they can give them that kind of time. And they can give them the entrance, too, because exactly. people really do pop and, for the entrance, they, don't they? Yeah, yeah I'm, what I'm saying, I... You know, I want them to have the greatest entrances ever, you know, and they're long and big and all that, but the matches are built like that and the talent and the level of talent in those two matches, they, I hope that they're given at least 30 minutes each of wrestling time. I hope so too. Who would you have win? Both matches. Who would I have win? Um, you know, this is a funny answer you're going to give, you're going to kind of like this, but if it's as good as the build, it doesn't matter who wins. I won't be disappointed no, in a way. I totally agree with that. The, the one I'm a little antsy about is the quote-unquote unification match. Uh-huh. Because I don't know where you go from there after you unify it. I just hope they're... Oh, they've, got, they hope got they, a pl- they've got a plan. They know that. They yeah, got a plan. I, I, they always do, but I just want a definitive finish, don't you? Hell yeah, I think there has to be a definitive finish in both of them. I mean, I, this doesn't... You know, I don't know the answer to this, but I, I, I feel like there'll be a finish for both of them. And uh, I, as long as they have the time, it doesn't matter who wins or loses, because I'm sure they'll be that good. I'm that confident in those four people that they will get delivered. Probably something they haven't seen the likes of in a while. Could not agree more. Nate, great stuff as always. I think you have one more match in you, just like Tom. Brady. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> That is Ric Flair. I'm Mark Madden. Woo! Nation that's censored. Tell him, Nation, one more. One more time. Wounded and censored. Mark Madden. And then there's your boy. Woo! See you next week. Yes, sir.